Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The tennis world is down under for the first major of 2023. And as we reach the business end of the tournament, these stars are all looking to shine in Melbourne. The women's championship match is set. We'll show you how Elena Rybakina and Arena Sabalenka advanced and hear from both stars. Plus, the men's finalists will be determined tonight. We preview crowd favorite Stefano Tsitsipas taking on a resurgent Corinne Hatchinoff in semi number one. And in semi number two, nine-time champ Novak Djokovic is a massive favorite over Tommy Paul, who's hoping to write another American underdog story. All those stories, plus our hot shots, stat of the day, and more over the next hour on this Australian Open edition of Tennis Channel Live. The women's final is set, and the men's semifinals are about to get started as we head down the stretch, down under. Welcome to TC Live, our pregame show to get you ready for all the action every single day, day 12. Wow. Featured matches on Rod Laver Arena following the mixed doubles final. Stefano Tsitsipas and Corinne Hatchinoff meet for a spot in the championship. Then in the night session, Novak Djokovic continues his quest for a 10th title here, facing American Tommy Paul. The Greek got himself into the fourth semifinal here at the Australian Open. Hoping to make his first final feeling good. Loving the crowd here in Melbourne. Will we have a final against that man? Nine-time champ Novak Djokovic. He has never lost in Melbourne after reaching the final four. A perfect 18-0 facing Tommy Paul tonight. Getting stretched, getting limber, getting ready to go. So are we. Here in our studios in Santa Monica, Steve Weissman, Lindsay Davenport, John Wertheim, Prakash Amitraj. With you on day 12, women's final set, men's semifinals getting going, and uh, it's exciting stuff to get to today. Lindsay, uh, what stood out to you from yesterday? Well, we're gonna, I'm going to give it away today, but uh, the women's <laughs> final that we have coming, the two best players, the players yep. who have been playing the best tennis in Melbourne so far, and both players, Rabakina and Sabalenka, they have this powerful game, but they take some pride in their serve. They know how to serve. They step to the line with a good sense of what serves they want to hit, of trying to get serves not to come back. I love the way they play. I love the way they approach it. But really, I mean, this was the best case final that we could have once we got into the second week. These two ladies both have been playing such great tennis. We've all been wanting Arena Sabalenka to be able to get that breakthrough and get that first slam because she so deserves it. For me, what stood out is, is her laughter, her smiling, her general temperament in the press conference after. I mean, she is getting ready for a Grand Slam final here, and she is in such a relaxed mood. She's playing around with the media, asking them, hey, how do you feel? And it was just, it was a riot. I had so much fun laughing and watching it. It just makes me feel that she's in such a good place and she's in a good spot to not let the pressure get to her. We'll certainly break down that final throughout the show, but, John, what else uh, stands out to you? About the dudes. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, but before the tournament, what did we say? It was Novak Djokovic against the field, and we don't really break that down. I mean, that's 127 other players against one guy, and you're taking the one guy, and you know what? Through five rounds, 
Looks like a pretty good pick. Um, <laughs> it's just extraordinary. I mean, you think about what his last 12 months have been like, and he is playing as well as ever. There are no distractions. There was no real carryover from the drama of last year. The hamstrings healed. I mean, it's really, really hard to imagine him not winning a 10th title. We do have Tommy Paul, first American into right. the men's semifinals here since Andy Roddick. Uh, Lindsay gave it away, but we'll show you the highlights anyways. <laughs> Victoria Azarenka back in the Final Four for the first time since she won her second straight title here. That was back in 2013. She defeated Lee Na in three sets. Ten years later, only three players from the top 20 back then are still on tour. What a journey it has been for Victoria Azarenka. Last night, facing the reigning Wimbledon champ, Elena Rybakina, for a spot in the final, Lindsay. And the last two major winners meeting at this stage of the Aussie Open, it was Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams. Uh, it was an interesting match. Going into it, it was about the, one of the best servers against one of the best returners. And it was Azarenka who was able to get that break first, go up 3-2. A lot of credit to Rybakina, who came right back in this match to get up 5-3. After the match, she talked about this was her first night match out there. It was playing a lot heavier and much different than her previous matches, and it took a little while for her to get used to. Azarenka's saving set point there, and then had a real opportunity. Gets the five all, had love 40 on the Rabakina serve. A lot of credit to Rabakina, who really settled down. Got a little bit more margin on her shot, started to make a few more first serves. And a huge game there for her, really turn the tide of this first set. They go to a tie break. And again, Rabakina with just a few more weapons. And she really was able to hold her serve. And she made 89% of her own returns in play. So Azarenka getting very few free points on her own serve. That put a lot of pressure on her to try and do something special from the back of the court. But Elena Rabakina had all the answers in this semifinal. Coach just talked about her movement getting better. 30 winners to 21 on Stairs. Talk about her serving. She won nearly 45% of her return points. And, and it wasn't that great of a night for Rabakina. That's when you know a player's playing great, when they're able to win big matches, not with their ace up. Takes out her third straight major champ. Let's hear from both, starting with Azarenka. I'm really proud of how I played. Not proud, but like very happy that I that I played great tennis today. I, I feel like I, I didn't really do that. Um, I'm proud of myself how I fought and I tried, but um, just was not tennis-wise. I felt like just wasn't there, and uh, especially in the important moments when I kept creating those opportunities for me, I uh, just couldn't convert them. I think it was really good match, and uh, it be different conditions today compared to the other matches I played. But uh, yeah, super happy to be in the final and ready to give everything I have left uh, uh, in one day. Here are the final statistics from the match. Lindsay, what do you like? Well, the second serve points run. Rabakina knew she was going to have an opportunity there facing Nazarenka's second serve, and she took advantage of that. How about plus nine? I mean, she plays a lot of high-risk tennis, goes for her shots, and to finish with nine more winners than unforced errors. It's a really just clean match from Rabakina, even though it felt a little heavier to her. Arguably the best server in the women's game right now, John, ends up winning nearly half of her return points. What area impressed you the most? I, I think that was it. I mean, that wasn't the cleanest match necessarily. 30 winners, but nine of those were aces. I wonder, though, what, what gives you more confidence? Playing a dazzling semifinal, all the pistons are firing, you're really clicked in, or grinding out a match like that when you're not necessarily playing your A game. I think that. And, yeah. and I think also the, the women's finals also played at night. So mm -hmm. it was a great yeah 
you know, experience for Elena to be able to play out there, kind of figure things out, get through a, a tough opponent in the semifinal, and then start to focus on the final. She now knows she doesn't have to play perfect tennis potentially to win these big matches. That will give her a lot of confidence, not only here, but also moving forward. Uh, I think what impressed me the most is how many things she can utilize in her game. I mean, look, we all think about her giant serve and the fact that she can blast people off the court, but she stands at six foot tall. She's got a really big reach. She's an underrated mover. She's able to get to a lot of balls that you don't necessarily think she's going to get to, and she's pretty proficient at net. She's able to rush people in a way that you normally can't if you're just trying to finish the shot with the ground stroke. So putting all that together is just going to keep making her better, even though she's already playing such great tennis. Didn't get those points from Wimbledon, but now she is guaranteed to make her top 10 debut no matter what happens, John. <laughs> but uh, got a spare thought for Victoria Azarenka getting back to a semifinal 10 years after she won this thing. Yeah, I, I was trying to read her eyes, but I couldn't because she had on shades. Uh, but I, I wonder what she takes away from this. I mean, that is by no stretch is that a bad loss. I mean, this is the Wimbledon champion. She's a decade younger than you. She's a, seated higher. And yet, I thought this was a winnable match. I mean, there was that one critical five-all game that you talked about, Lindsay. I'm really curious how Vika processes this. Do you say, hey, listen, uh, run to the semis, great, at 33 years old, or does this sting? I don't know if you have thoughts, but... I would think that this would sting, and she had that opportunity. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago. She was one set away from the U.S. Open mm -hmm. title. It didn't happen, and she wasn't able to really build on that success and take it to the top five or, or to really challenge at a major again until here in Australia. She knows that was a big opportunity for her in that match. I think she's got a great perspective, though. Now, you know, being a little bit older and being a mom, she'll go back to work. But her best tennis is on hard courts. And it is a long nine months or so until New York comes around. So she'll have to kind of bide her time a little bit until the hard court season starts back up in, in terms of a major. Yeah, she's won the Sunshine Double before. Yeah. So yeah. certainly yeah. Uh, Indian Wells, Miami, looking good for Victoria Azarenka. In the other semifinal, Arena Sabalenka, Magda Lynette. Lynette playing a major semi for the first time. Prakash Sabalenka hasn't dropped a set all season. No, the pressure was clearly on her, and Lynette made it tough for her in the early going. She got off to a break here, putting a lot of balls in play, trying to blunt the power of Sabalenka, but that's when Sabalenka really calmed down and just started dictating. And when she's dictating, she's picking these big targets. She's giving herself a lot of margin. She's just playing in a way where it doesn't look like she's going to miss. And when you can do that with this kind of power, it's just a really tough combination. She was so exceptional in this breaker, got up to a six-love lead, just looked so confident. And when you're playing the big points so well, it generally gives you a, 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 this calmness about her, yourself where if it's going to get tight, I'm still going to be able to deliver. Takes this first set, cranks up the intensity in the second set, manages to get it with two breaks. Wasn't too much Lynette could do, especially when Sabalenka's staying right on the baseline and driving the ball. I mean, that's not even close to the line and she's able to generate those winners. And let me tell you, when you're trying to get into that first Grand Slam final of yours, you know what doesn't hurt? A little second insurance break. And that's what she was able to do here, showing some nice feel, getting to the net as well. But uh, didn't waste too much energy out there and a big sigh of relief to be able to get out there and into the first final. She's won 10 matches in a row, a career best 20 straight sets into her first major final. What a moment for Rina Sabalenka. It's a final. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not going to be easy much, you know. And, uh, but I'm just happy that I, I made this like, next step. You know, and um, I know that I have to, I have to work for that title. I thought the level was very high of this uh, of this match, and I'm 
just proud that I could keep the level for so long and still come out today, tonight, uh, on such a big occasion and feel I belong here and I still played my tennis. She'd never been past the third round at a major before this fortnight. Lindsay, what do you like about these numbers? Just, a, again, overall, a very clean match for a player who plays high-risk tennis like Sabalenka does. To finish plus eight, that's a great number for her. Had gave herself a lot of opportunities with break points. Second serve points won. That is a big one. How well are you defending that second serve? Everything about Sabalenka's game. It, you know, she played well. There was a lot of pressure on her in that match, because you were talking about it. And she's had some of her most devastating losses yep. in this round in previous majors. I mean, she lost to Layla Fernandez that year at the U.S. Open, a really great opportunity to get to the final. She's lost some other close ones. To be going in as such an overwhelming favorite in a round you haven't been able to conquer, mm -hmm. how she was able to just play within herself, give herself a little bit more margin, not let her mind start racing to a final, or I haven't been able to get through this round. She has clearly put in a lot of work physically. She has clearly put in even more work on the mental side. You've got to give her a lot of props for that. A lot of credit to her for getting through a match that on paper she was supposed to get through, but always really hard when there are a few demons there. That, that, that mental side, Lindsay, she shared something beautiful in the press conference, something we can, you know, everyone can take away from this. She was working with a psychologist last year, and she wasn't quite able to make the strides that she wanted. And at the end of the day, she thought to herself, you know what, I keep going to other people to help me with my problems. I need to be able to fix it on my own. And I think taking that ownership, she stopped working with psychologists. I'm sure she gained a lot of tools in that experience, but she just sort of went into herself and tried to work things out herself. And I think being able to rely on yourself and get out of those spots with demons and so forth is really helping her because we know the tennis court can be such a lonely place, even in the most packed stadiums in the world, and unless you can figure it out yourself, you're not going to get over the hump. So really impressive stuff from her. Steve just said to you, Lindsay, said, what stats impressed you the most? And we didn't even talk about... Two double faults. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, a year ago, two double faults was like half a game for her. And we've moved on. She's clearly moved on. I also think it bears noting, I mean, you said Robocco is going to be in the top ten. And we say, that's absurd. You win Wimbledon and get to the final of Australia, and you're barely in the top ten. It's because no ranking points. Keep in mind, too, though, Sabalenka didn't play Wimbledon either as, as a mm -hmm. player from Belarus. So her ranking is a bit artificial as well. Um, she's in a much different place than she was 12 months ago when she was alternately crying and laughing because she couldn't hit a serve. Now she's two sets away from her first major. She has taken full responsibility for her game on and off the court. She said, I'm my own psychologist now. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, could use that mindset as we take a look at the final. Rabakina, Sabalenka. Sabalenka, Lindsay, 3-0 and against Rabakina, but each match has gone three sets. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, there's so little between these two. I think that's what's so beautiful about this final. Who's going to handle the occasion better? Obviously, Rabakina with more experience and being in a Grand Slam final, there is something different about walking out to the court for a Grand Slam final. They hold, they have the trophy out there. You know the long walk. So I give a little bit of edge to Rabakina there. But if you're going over the numbers, they're pretty even in terms of service games won and service points won and every how they've been playing throughout this tournament. I think I today I leave lean Sabalenka. Okay. I think she's just she just looks like this is what she's ready to go. But okay, ask me again tomorrow. I will. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a guaranteed winner. No, um, no that's, that's later not, in the show. No, 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 no,
dissimilar, but they're not similar. You, you wouldn't say this is a match of contrast necessarily, but their power comes deployed in different ways. And I think one thing we're seeing, you even saw on the highlights with Sabalenka, is she's really built margin in, not on miles per hour. I mean, she's hitting the ball as hard as ever, but she's not going for the same targets. I don't. I mean, I think this is a real, it's, it's funny too, because, oh, the women's draw, it's, it's chaos, and it's not really. No. Like, you have one player who's playing really well and continued it, the other one's the reigning Wimbledon champion. I'll take that final. Serve and volleys, I give the edge to Rubikina. But groundies, movement, I give the edge to Sabalenka. As you said, not much to pick between the two of them. I just think it's arena's time. And sometimes that happens for athletes. So slight lean, but uh, ask me again tomorrow right now. Lean with it, rock with it. Right now we're just leaning with it. Tomorrow yeah. we may rock with it. We'll see. I cannot wait for that women's final between Sabalenka and Rybakina. The live men's semis coming your way 10 p.m. Eastern tonight on ESPN. We will have the men's semis encore on Tennis Channel Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern. And, of course, the four of us back on TC Live Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Still to come, our trio of experts tell you all you need to know about tonight's men's semifinals. Can Novak Djokovic and Stefano Tsitsipas be stopped in their chase for the title and world number one? TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. And by Bet365, the world's favorite sports book. Welcome back to TC Live on men's semifinal day. The titles are so close now. As we welcome you back into our studio, Steve Weissman with you. It's January 26 in the States, but that number has extra meaning halfway across the globe. Not only has Novak Djokovic won a record-tying 26 straight matches at the Australian Open, he's also won 26 in a row against Americans. Tommy Paul looks to reset the record books tonight. For more stats like that, make Tennis.com your online information source throughout the Australian Open and the entire season. Right now, Steve Tigner has your three to see on day 12. And David Kane has the scoop on Tommy Paul's tennis group chat. Now time for a teaser of what to expect in our best of the best from the entire tournament. How spectacular. Pretty keen for a win if you're willing to put your body on the line like this on this hard surface. What a great outstanding! That is exceptional. Oh, well, that will be in the replays for a long while. That was a great dive. That was better than Boris Becker at his best. Oh, that was amazing. But will it be number one, the full top ten best of the best coming your way on Saturday and Sunday right here on TC Live? Well, still to come, two wins from his first major title. Why Stefano Tsitsipas has been adopted as a hometown hero in Melbourne. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. 
It is men's semi-final night in Melbourne. Stefano Tsitsipas, Corinne Hatchinoff, both looking to make their first final in Australia. Taking a look at our Tennis Express head-to-head, -head, it's been all Tsitsipas in this matchup. A perfect 5-0 against the Russian. In fact, he's only lost two sets and none on outdoor hard courts. Let's hear from both guys before they meet on Rod Laver Arena. It's uh, a match that I'm looking forward to. It's great to be back in the semifinals. Uh, of course, you know, um, I'm definitely happy with the way I've been playing so far. And uh, uh, I'm looking ahead for, for more, for better, and um, looking to create some uh, magical experiences uh, here in Australia. I think the first uh, semifinals, which I did in the US Open, that gave me extra boost and extra confidence you know to to show where I where I'm re where I really am you know and uh, what, what what I can do when I'm at my best and how can I be more consistent with that form so I think all those things uh, together they they push me to where I am right now all right let's start with Stefano Tsitsipas Prakash why do you think he has dominated this matchup so far I think if you just look at the X's and O's, he has more ways to win points than Karen Hatchinov. Karen Hatchinov, serve, exceptional. His forehand, exceptional. But after that, it's, it's how many errors can he keep the backhand side down to. He, he, he can get away at the net, but he's not necessarily proficient up there. Steph, Steph can get you with the backhand side, the forehand side. He serves well. He's coming into the net a lot more, which I think is a huge factor mm -hmm. in him having a shot to win this whole title. So I just think he has more options. And he's a, he's a big, strong guy. So you can't exactly pick on that one-handed side. So I don't necessarily think it's the greatest matchup. And when you have that kind of head-to-head, -head, even though we've seen a few reversals uh, during these two weeks, right. I, I think it's, it's in the head as well. That head-to-head -head is a lot of scar tissue over the years. They're very similar, honestly, physically. Sort of, they're, they're roughly the same height, roughly the same weight. They play such a different game. I think you're right. I think you just sort of go down the checklist and you say, all right, well, who's, who's the better athlete? Who's the slicker mover? Who's the surface better tailored to? Oh, the head-to-head -head also favors him. You know, we, we've seen some surprises here, but everything sort of points to the Sitsipas side of the net. Let's take a look at Stefanos' run to the semifinals thus far. He has done it here before. Won every match, Lindsay, in straight sets other than that fourth rounder against Yannick Sinner. That one went the distance. It, it did. It, and for four matches, Sitsipas played some of his best tennis, got challenged in that fourth round. That was one of the toughest matchups in that round of 16. And it was Tsitsipas who was able to come through. Sinner was, did an excellent job of fighting back in this match, but it was Tsitsipas. He was showing off his movement. He was showing off his shot making. He's got more variety, as Prakash was saying. He's able to finish points off at net. He's able to stay in points longer with the slice. And he just moves so well. He's so athletic. And again, so comfortable at any area of the court, either deep in the court or coming forward. This was the big win for him. He knew Sinner could be dangerous, and he was able to rise to the occasion. The one time he was challenged so far this week. Reminders, Sitsipas will become number one in the world if he wins the title here. And something to keep in mind, Novak Djokovic was asked about the remaining players after his fourth-round win. He forgot Sitsipas played in a major <laughs> final. Against, against him? Against him, <laughs> coming back from two sets down. So if it gets so there... Do we buy that? Do we think that's in, in t mind games, or do you think that was just a senior moment for a 35 it, it, If it was mind games, he sold it well. He sold it well. I bought it. Oh, wow, he didn't even know he beat this guy. Right. That's, that's some Bolton board material, though, <laughs> if Stefanos gets to the final. On the other side, Corinne Hatchinoff has now made back-to-back -back major semis. said he's reinvented himself, John. Make the case for him to win this match. 
I think, you know, he, his, his form has been better. He's had a lot more sort of emotional currency spent, so maybe he's more locked into this tournament. He's had some, some long matches. He beat Francis. Sitsipas has had it very easy. Even that five-setter you referenced, Lindsay, against Sitter, he was up two sets to love, and then it was just sort of raining this thing back in, otherwise smooth sailing. I think also it's a little bit different. Hotchroff, remember he used to have that sort of Golbus for It was almost like he was surfing. Mm. He's really condensed his shots, so it's a little bit of a different look from him. But, I mean, I, I'm struggling here. If I had to make a case, if I had to make a guaranteed pick, I think we'd go on uh, the Sitsipas side. I think if you're on Hatchinoff's team, you try to convince them of all that stuff. You've played so well at the U.S. Open. You have one experience getting to a Grand Slam semi. Here's a chance for another one. Played for the gold medal at the Olympics in that big of a match. You're, well, you're right about the forehand. That's cleaned up. You convince him he's a different player. He's got a different mindset, and he's got the weapons that are needed. But he's got to go out, and he's got to hold his serve. He's got to take care of business in that regard. But you just try to pretend like those other five were way in the past and don't really count if you're on his team. Get him to buy into this match right now, it, today, to, with a chance for a Grand Slam final and try and put the demons from the past uh, out of his head. That's before you reinvented yourself. Now, yeah, now exactly. you're this new Karin Hatchinoff. <laughs> that would be the mindset. Oh, against Sitsipas. Yeah, that's the mindset you would yeah. want to send him out on that court with. All right, let's take a look at his road to the semifinals thus far. And... Well, he had three and a half bagel sets, we'll call it. Uh, never pushed to the limit in five sets. But he did have to come back, Prakash, from 6-1 down in a fourth set tiebreak to Francis Tiafo. He did. He, he, look, he dropped a couple of sets uh, in those four setters. But a love, love in six and then a retirement, that saves up a lot of energy. Yeah. Gives you a little bit more in the gas tank as you come in. But this was a huge one because I, this wasn't a five-setter, but he really was under it, man. I mean, Francis was giving him the business all the way throughout the match. And Karen Hang hung tough. His backhand was really solid all the way throughout. Really played into the crowd, which, you know, can work you up emotionally, good and bad. But it was here. In this breaker, 6-1 down. Manages to find the heart, the courage, the will, the tennis to be able to pull himself through. You can see pure relief to not have to go into five here. And then you kind of squeeze out of one of those matches which you could have lost. Gives you a little extra currency. You feel like, you know, something special could happen. Big, big match for him. He's been number eight in the world, can get back to the top ten if he reaches the final here in Melbourne. We will break down the second men's semifinal later in the show. Novak Djokovic and Tommy Paul, a lot to discuss there. But when we come back, USDA CEO Lou Sher joins us with an update on the American Davis Cup captain and whether Novak Djokovic will be able to play the U.S. Open. Welcome back. We have you covered throughout Championship Weekend on Tennis Channel. The women's final encore will air at noon Eastern on Saturday. The men's final encore, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. And, of course, TC Live will come your way to break it all down at 5 p.m. Eastern both days. Oh, we may be starting the Grand Slam season, but the U.S. Open is just seven short months away. Bright lights, big city, and the most electric atmosphere in our sport. The tennis world will be back in New York in no time. With that, we welcome in the CEO of the USTA, Lou Scher, to the program. Always a pleasure to see you, Lou. I can see you're down in uh, Lake Nona at the USTA National Training Center. And it, it's a good time to be with the USTA as the Americans are absolutely crushing it at the Australian Open. Later tonight, Tommy Paul, first guy to make the semifinals there since Andy Roddick. And come Monday, Lou, we're going to have 10 American men in the top 50 for the first time since 1995. What do you attribute that to? 
Yeah, you know, it is an incredibly exciting time for uh, American tennis, and it's been a thrilling, thrilling Australian Open. Uh, you know, in terms of what we attributed to, I think it was a decision made over a decade ago, largely headed by our player development organization, to really set ourselves up to be a support to coaches in the private sector, to our sections and their player development organizations, and to be a resource to the entire uh, pathway, if you will, as opposed to trying to identify a small group of, uh, of players and try to pick winners and losers as a, at an early age and, and develop them uh, all the way through. I think providing more support to more players has certainly proven uh, to be a great formula for us. Lou, a lot of success for uh, American players. Also, a lot of confusion, unfortunately, among tennis fans. Where do I find these great players? There were a lot of challenges finding broadcasts of this Australian Open. Given the USTA's mission of growing and promoting tennis, to what extent are you concerned about the media situation? You know, look, our mission, first and foremost, is to inspire uh, anyone that, that might want to pick up a racket to play to have the opportunity to do so. So we're certainly very much in favor of seeing broad distribution and, and these great players in front of uh, as many fans as, as possible. The Australian Open, the biggest challenge is, is more on the time zones and, and the time challenges than, than anything else. A lot of these great matches are happening overnight, but uh, ESPN certainly has been a great home to tennis. Obviously, Tennis Channel is a terrific home to tennis. They've uh, they broadcast Wimbledon. They broadcast the U.S. Open for many years, and uh, we know that, that tennis fans have been able to uh, to watch the uh, the AO and, and certainly watch all the other great Grand Slam tennis over the course of the year. Apart from the blazing success of the American players, also Novak Djokovic is doing Novak Djokovic things. He's on the cusp of his 22nd major, which, of course, would tie Nadal. And yet if the U.S. Open started Monday, he would not be allowed in the country. What can you tell us about Novak Djokovic and your expectations for whether he'll be at the U.S. Open in August? Well, as you said on the opening, right, there's a lot of time between uh, now and then, seven months to uh, to the U.S. Open. Uh, as things stand today, there are no restrictions on entering the field for the U.S. Open. However, the U.S. government does have a restriction on travel into the country if you're uh, unvaccinated. That was the case last year as well. Um, we're monitoring that situation. We certainly would love to see Novak in the field. He's a great champion, arguably uh, the greatest, if not one of the greatest uh, in the sport of all time. We certainly would love to have him uh, participate in our field. But um, that's a bigger uh, debate and discussion with the government than just a, uh, a tennis event. Now, hopefully seven months from now, things could be different. And Novak Djokovic will get to compete in New York. We are here with USDA CEO Lou Scher. And uh, Lou, it's not only pro tennis that is being very successful right now for the Americans, but amateurs. It's been growing in popularity the last three straight years in terms of tennis participation. What is the USDA's plan to keep that going? Yeah, thank you, Steve. We have seen an explosion over the past three years in, in tennis participation. Uh, I've been with the organization for 12 years, and historically, we've been talking about numbers bouncing between 17 and 18 million players. Uh, this past year, we had 23 and a half, 23.6, actually, million players in, uh, in America, 33% growth over the past three years, just extraordinary, extraordinary uh, acceleration in play. And that play is coming from places you would love to think about uh, the growth of our game. 50% growth amongst youth, 60% plus growth amongst Hispanic Latino communities, and 44% growth with uh, Black African American uh, communities. So uh, tennis is truly starting to look more and more like America. I think what we're seeing is a, a change. Certainly COVID got people out and about maybe more 
than they were before, but we're well past that now. And we're seeing a shift in our country, a focus on health and wellness. And tennis has been identified as the healthiest sport amongst all sort of sports and physical activities from a longevity standpoint. Adds 10 years to your life versus a sedentary lifestyle. Adds five or six more years than any other activity, jogging, swimming, um, running, cycling. Uh, it's incredible to think about, but the health benefits of tennis, the longevity benefits of tennis, I think are bringing a lot of new players, both young and old, into our sport. Lou, early February means Davis Cup. We're less than two weeks away from the U.S. team going to Uzbekistan to play. There does seem to be a, a vacancy for the captaincy. Would, would you like to break some news on our air? What, what can you tell us about the captaincy situation? No, we're, we're, uh, we're very excited. Um, uh, David Nankin uh, will, be, uh, will be leading our team. Dean Goldfein will be uh, his co-captain. We're very excited about, um, about that combination, and uh, we're looking forward. Again, we'll see what happens uh, when the AO concludes and, and what that player team looks like. Um, but we're excited to continue on in Davis Cup, and it's an important, important event for our sport. Uh, David Nankin will lead the team uh, as the captain, and Dean Goldfein will help him there in February. Uh, that's fantastic news, Lou. Uh, also want to ask you, listen, you, you've been in this role for about a year now. What, what's the biggest surprise yeah. that you have, you have found so far? You know, look, being a part of this organization for as long as I've had to see the growth and where that growth is coming from, I think, has, has probably trumped anything else. And, and certainly as a sport, we have challenges. Um, but uh, this is an unprecedented period for American tennis. The conversations I find myself in now are conversations associated with how do we account for the increased demand? There aren't enough teaching professionals in America to support the demand for play. There aren't enough courts uh, in places to, to support the demand for play. The stress on the tennis ecosystem because of all of this new play, shortages of tennis balls, hard to believe, right? We went through over um, the past two years given some of the, uh, the supply chain challenges. So it's a new set of conversations, but they're happening for great reasons, which is the sport continues to grow. People are attracted to uh, the longevity aspect of it. And, uh, and we're excited to put more resources to support local communities in growing the game. Well, I, I was excited to find out that I'm going to live 10 years longer now exactly. because I play tennis. Play tennis. That, that's awesome news, Lou. Uh, it's always a, a privilege to spend some time with you. We wish you the best of luck going forward. Enjoy the rest of the Australian Open, and we hope to see you soon. Thanks very much, guys. And, and let me just say, I know Tennis Channel is, is based out in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Southern California has a huge tennis community. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone uh, based out in L.A. This week's tragedy certainly were her horrific, and, and uh, we feel for everybody out there, and, and hopefully we won't have to, to deal with those sorts of issues going forward. Thank you, Lou. Certainly uh, appreciate those kind remarks. Take care. More to come here on TC Live. We've got Wertheim's stat of the day, plus today's bet, 365 match preview has the line on Djokovic and Paul, and lock it in for those guaranteed winners. But first, some shocking results in doubles. We'll show you how four guys will be playing for their first major title. Welcome back to our doubles segment. That means Barbora Krejcikova, Katerina Siniakova getting ready to go for their semifinal match today. The defending champions could meet Coco Golf, Jessica Gula in the final. 
Meantime, on the men's side, semifinals last night. French duo of Jeremy Chardy and Fabrice Martin facing Jan Jelinski of Poland and Hugo Nice of Monaco, John. Uh, you talked about some incredible winners to unforced errors numbers yesterday. This match was also squeaky clean. Um, as tends to be the case in doubles for reasons Lindsay will tell us about later. Martin, six foot seven, if you're wondering which team is which. But uh, unseated team of Zelensky from Poland played at University of Georgia and Nice from Monaco. A lot of players live in Monaco, not a lot of play under the flag. This was a real surprise result. Went to a third set. How often do you see this? Talk about stats, Steve. Two breaks of serve in men's doubles in a semifinal. Um, we had surprise winners last year with Kyrgios and Kokonakis, and we're going to have surprise winners again because yesterday in this semi, it was the unseeded team, the Pole and the Monakin, into their first major final. Nice to see. Magdalenette's out. Jan Yalinski, the last remaining pole in the tournament. If you had that, raise your hand. Uh, meantime, another big upset for Kosh in the other half. Wildcards, Rinky Hijikata and Jason Kubler playing Marcel Grenoliers and Horatio Zabayos. Well, they're trying to keep the Australian Open doubles title in Australia after Kyrgios and Kokonakis won it last year, and they got off to a great start. I mean, look, Grenoliers and Zabayos, very decorated pair of doubles players together and with separate partners. But it wasn't enough for the wildcard team today, showing some really good double skills here, being able to move, cover when your opponent moves into the open court, and a ton of energy. I think this energy helped get them through. It carried over from the first set into the second set. And you see some brilliant hands there from Ruki Hitchcock up at net. I think Steve Roy Emerson would have been proud of that volley. Moved nice and forward through it. Of course, a huge tradition of doubles in Australia. And firing up some groundies as well. Just all moving in the right direction. Two breaks here in the second set. And a key way to close it out. Pinch the middle. Pinch the middle. 16 winners. Zero unforced errors for the Aussies. That sets up an all-unseeded final. How about this? We are guaranteed two new major champions. Kubler played in the mixed final last year. The other three all making their Grand Slam final debut. Wild times in men's doubles this year in Australia. On the women's side, Coco Golf and Jesse Pagula getting ready for their semifinal match tonight. Jess said that Coco was the MVP in the quarters. The duo has only dropped one set so far. Seemed to be getting better and better as the tournament goes on. Lindsay, uh, Coco lost in the fourth round here this year. You lost in the fourth round, 1996. Made the finals in doubles. What positives did you take away from staying on site in that second week? <laughs> my like my heart uh, set on winning the singles titles and it gets tougher when you really want to win the singles title and that's not happening but you're still around for doubles but a huge opportunity to be able to win a grand slam title on the doubles it is looking like it's going to be the Czechs against the Americans. Obviously, we still got to play those semifinal matches, but really the two best teams have been Krejčíková, Siniakova and Goff and Pagula. Doesn't always work out that yeah. they'll play each other for the title, but uh, looking forward to these matchups. The, the men could be all unseated. It could be one versus two on the women's side. Yannick's tournament summary. How about this? 29 five-set matches played in the men's draw. That's Lerner Tien. That was Lindsay's guaranteed pick yes, yesterday. Was. He won love it. and love Come in on, 40 so minutes against the two seed <laughs> yep. in the quarterfinals. Plus he, won, he, he won two doubles matches. He's in the doubles final today. Lerner Tien is killing it future USC Trojan. Might be here this weekend, actually, to play for, uh, for Brett Macy and company.
When we come back, Novak Djokovic has won 39 straight matches in Australia, but he's never beaten Tommy Paul. Of course, they've never played, but how will that affect the odds? We've got that next. Welcome back. Taking a look at Novak Djokovic's road to the semifinals in Melbourne, Prakash. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence that the round that he felt the hamstring the most was in the second round. That's when he had that little hiccup, dropped his only set. But after that Dimitrov match, he said his hamstring has felt 100%, hasn't felt it at all, and the score is clearly showing that. So that Demonor match was his best match yet. Rublev, uh, slightly less, but still doing really well. Uh, Tommy Paul had that tough second rounder, John. Yeah, I'd say erratically paved if we're assessing the road. Also, uh, these were different conditions. Novak, all five of those at night. Some of these were days, some of these were nights, some of these were, were grinding out five centers against a seed, some of these were playing a 34-year-old, as was the case in the fourth round, and then in the quarters played a younger opponent. So much more variety, certainly in, in scoreline and conditions, but Tommy Paul, 25, good athlete. I suspect he doesn't mind this, and he's coming in relatively fresh physically. Let's hear from both guys before the semifinal showdown. You haven't played Novak before. I'm wondering, have you guys ever practiced? Do you ever chat in the locker room? Like, do you have any kind of interaction with him since you've been on tour? Um, I saw him in the locker room after I finished my match. He said, congrats. Um, not, not too much. I think we have practiced before. I mean, I, I'm sure we practiced before. Um, but yeah, we never played a match against each other. Obviously, he's pretty comfortable here in, in Australia, so it's going to be a challenging match. But I'm, I'm playing some of my best tennis, so. I know how he plays. I've never faced him on the court, but uh, he's been around for a few years, so I watched him play quite a bit, especially during uh, this tournament. And he's been playing probably tennis of his life. And uh, first semifinals for him, so of course, you know, he doesn't have much to lose. I'm sure that he's going to go out trying to, to play his best tennis. All right, here's how Bet365 breaks down the odds of this matchup. These are the, the most extreme we have seen in the tournament, John. I think they like Novak, if I'm reading that <laughs> right. Um, Tommy Paul never lost to Novak Djokovic. Never played him either. Um, yeah, I, I mean, one, one guy hasn't lost a match on this continent in five years and is a nine-time champ, and the other is having his best major result. Perhaps not to be surprised. Still, take, take a flyer. Paul winning, straight sets. Yeah, why not? Uh, I'll buy some lunch. Why not? Uh, Djokovic, though, combined 18-0 semis and finals here in Melbourne. Won his first slam back here in 2008, Lindsay. How would you compare that Novak to the one we see here today? Oh, it's so much more fun and exhilarating at the very beginning. I mean, he his the stakes that he's playing at now are so incredibly high, and he's also so experienced in how do I manage myself over the course of really 21 days. And people always talk about the 14 days of a tournament, but for these top guys, everything starts the week before and starting to manage the energy or the, emo, the emotions, the injuries, time on court, all of that. I mean, he has that down to a science. Um, he's got a huge experience in just going through these kinds of matches at the latter stages of tournaments. Um, in the beginning, I would imagine he wasn't spending nearly as much time on recovery or that part of it, especially back in 2008. Now everything is about trying to hold the trophy again on Sunday. Look, it's, it's pretty obvious where, where we see Novak in this match, in this tournament. The odds show it there also. But let's look at Tommy for a second here. Coming into this match, I'd love to see him 
try a very, very concerted strategy where he actually believes he has a shot to beat Novak. Now, listen, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough ask because you have to execute at the highest level. You're not going to get that many opportunities. If you're able to push it into a breaker, you've got to play your best tennis. But I'd love to see him not let Novak get comfortable and just kind of push him out there a little bit. Come in, play some short volleys, um, you know, play the serves out wide, just put Novak in a spot where he might be able to create a few more opportunities. You go down, you go down. But just don't go out there and kind of play regular tennis, be happy with the moment, and come off. I like that. Just cr create variables. And that could be Absolutely. mixing it up. That could be getting the crowd involved. Yep. Who knows how Novak reacts. I'm the nine-time champion. How dare you? I mean, you got to do something. Because as, as an Exodus match, it doesn't look good for Tommy Paul. I would just go back to what you said, doing the math in my head. So 15, if Novak wins this, it'll be 15 years bracketing his first major and his last. I mean, that's that's a bigger span than even Roger Federer. So that's... that's you, you could argue he's better now, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Novak. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Doubt. no doubt. No doubt. 2008? No doubt. I think doubt. we're arguing that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we agree. <laughs> he's better now. Yeah. Guaranteed picks. Get him in now. They're coming up after the break. John Prakash, Lindsey Steve back on TC Live. That music means worth time stat of the day. All right. You guys, seatbelts are on? Come on. Um, all right. So we know that on the women's side, Sabalenka is playing Rabakina. European will win. Ash Barty won a year ago. So this will mark three majors, four as of Saturday, which a European has won. How many straight Europeans have won on the men's side? If Tommy Paul does not win, it will be 52 we are talking about almost a decade and a half since Juan Martín del Potro at the 2009 U.S. Open. It has been more than 10 years, 14 in fact, since a non-European won a men's major. 52! Mm. That's crazy, right? That is crazy. Right. A lot's riding on this, Tommy. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> Continental pride. No pressure. What do we got here? Hot shot of the day. You got Richie Hijikata creating an opportunity for his partner, Jason Kubler. Now, the ball bounces off of Bruno Yeres. You're going to get another look at this. Bounces fair play on the side of the Aussies, but the spin brings it back. Luckily, the ball kid gets out of the way. Kubler heads up, doesn't Barely touch the net. Out of the way. <laughs> out of the way. Move their head. And Zabayos almost got it back, almost reflexes back. That would back. be the craziest winner. That's I mean, this tape. Watch this. By the way, very heads up not to knock over the ball kid. Go in yeah. between. Kind of a... And almost oh, made that, by the way. Almost, almost got made it back. back. That would have been our second shot. Wasn't that <laughs> Look, a sky hook that was impressive. All right, featured matches tonight. We've got the men's semifinals. By the way, Tommy Paul would be the first American to reach the final in Melbourne since Andre Agassi 20 years ago. If Djokovic wins, he would pass Agassi for the most wins in a row at this event. 27. So, give, giving some love to Double A in that Tommy Paul Novak Djokovic match. Uh, gu guaranteed picks. We've been waiting for. Who wants to go first today? What do you Gosh. say? So, so Steve, oh, how, yeah. how are we doing so far? Are we doing? Yeah, you're, you, you are undefeated. Your pick yeah. today, please. <laughs> Three and up. Style and profile. Listen, I'm going to go with Steph. We've been talking about Steph uh, coming through against Karen, and I think Karen's going to put up a tough fight, but just too much game, too many options. Greek is going to come through. 
See, I have a losing record, so I yeah. will try and uh, claw my way back to 500 by oh, picking the, the nine-time champion. Oh, he wouldn't know. There's a guy from Serbia, Novak Djokovic. Keep an eye on that name. He's got a lot of promise, a lot of years ahead of him. I think he gets by today. Oh, wait, they actually had on the screen Djokovic. I thought it was going to be something else. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make you argue both sides exactly. once again. Okay, uh, yesterday you guys pushed me to go deep into the junior draw. She should get two points today, by the way. Three. He won three matches yeah. in one day. Double bagel. I Delicious. think I'll go. If you guys took the singles, I agree with both your winners. I'm going to go women's doubles, okay. and I will go Goff and Pagula. I think they get through to the I'm final. Okay. Like Are we okay. accepting okay. that? Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Perfect. You can, I, mean, I like it. I think you're going to win that pick okay. as Perfect. well. Coco, Coco, and Jesse. Speaking of doubles, by the way, Wimbledon changed their rules yeah. this yeah, year. Right. They're going from five sets, best out of five sets yep. on the men's side, to best out long, of three. Long time needed. Oh man. I want to see best of five men's doubles, said no one ever. Uh, on you Twitter, get, they're saying you want to get a lot of players to play, let's shorten the format to yeah. best of three. I think this is a good move. What do you think? Lugash? What do you think? I think for the game the way it is today, absolutely needed. But let me tell you, the, the Aussies, the players all from the you know, 70s and so forth, I think they want to you know, stick to the old school, but the game's so different now. It's, uh, it's got to make a change. Personally, I think it's good for the sport, but if you're a, a, a double specialist, you don't like this, well, right? Of course you don't like it. One, because now more singles players will most likely play. Right. It, it's right. not easy to get a lot of practice time at grass. There's few courts and all of that. And three out of five sets, a lot of the singles players are like, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with that. Now, all of a sudden, two out of three, I think you're going to get some of the better players also playing doubles. All right. More singles players. Apparently what, what the, the sport wants there, what Wimbledon wants, at least in form, terms of their doubles. Best out of three on the men's side. After today, we will have both championships set. The semifinals today on the men's side. We'll also have our final set in women's doubles. That's Lindsay's guaranteed lock. We will be back with you tomorrow on TC Live, 5 p.m. Eastern, to break it all down. Thanks for joining us today. See you tomorrow.